You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program, and here to guide you through the murky waters of the Political Cesspool is your host, James Edwards. Well, this Christmas time once again, everyone's heart is full of cheer. Christmas brings a lot of joy, Christmas here once again. Hear the church bells ring. It is here once again, and uh, so are we. Another hour, another week, another show, another year together, ladies and gentlemen. James Edwards and Keith Alexander, we've got a lot to cover. So much, in fact, that it will just be Keith and I for the remainder of the broadcast. We're going to be, uh, in the third hour, returning our focus to the Middle East. Lots to talk about there. We're going to be talking about what this GOP uh, house has done how embarrassing. We'll get into all of it. Uh, but first, we're going to talk about a couple of things this hour. Tucker Carlson's recent interview with Marjorie Taylor Greene. I would say it'd be eye-opening, but this is radio, so maybe it'll be ear-opening. It's very interesting. And uh, uh, a <laughs> separate issue, uh, separate topic of conversation this hour, why Christian nationalism was trending on Twitter this week. But first, Keith, I know you wanted to circle back ever so quickly, and it has to be quick. Uh, but it was an interesting experiment that first hour, having both Jonas and Simon uh, together on the air. Of course, Simon from South Africa, Jonas, who's dedicated so much of his talent to sharing the story of South Africa. And they've worked together on that previous film that we mentioned. And uh, anyway, both of them deserve a full hour uh, without someone else being there. But I thought a joint interview with them made sense. And the experiment, I think, came off quite well. They were very happy about it. The folks listening didn't get a chance to hear what they were saying to one another and to us after the show. Uh, or rather after that first hour, but uh, they seemed excited and, and cer certainly share a fondness for one another. Well, I did some show prep for this section, particularly looking at South Africa and what is ailing South Africa now. And it occurred to me that South Africa and Memphis have a common problem. You don't say. And it is both, it's related to the fact that most of our minority in Memphis is black, and most of Simon's minority in South Africa is black. Well, I don't think that the minority over there, but... Well, a majority. Well, they're the strangers, the racial strangers over there to the people that founded South Africa and to the people that founded Memphis. And what I noticed was that there's a propensity, I think, that is unique to black people. I don't think that the Arabs and the Middle Easterners that are making the majority of the foreigners in Sweden have this particular propensity, but what they have is a propensity of relentless hunger for scrap metal. Now, how does that affect South Africa? Well, they're taking up railroad tracks and selling that for scrap metal. They're taking up the, uh, you know, the power, uh, 
uh, towers that they have, you know, for high-powered uh, electrical transmission lines. Well, the infrastructure has been decimated over there, either uh, through malfeasance or ignorance or... And see, we have the same thing here in Memphis. I mean, there are certain neighborhoods in Memphis where the primary occupation is gathering together scrap metal and taking it to a junkyard and selling it. Well, that's apparently the same thing they have going on in South Africa, and that's leading to the destruction of their infrastructure. That's right, and that's a, another thing. As I said, we could have gone an hour or two with either of those guests. We could have certainly gone a full three hours with both when comparing and contrasting the reality of South Africa with the reality that is to come with these uh, nations of the West who have embraced multiculturalism. You can see where where the end game is, where the terminus is, folks. Well, we've got to get off of that train, so to speak, right now because we need to cover other things. But, yes, it's always a, a topic we'll revisit, and we're thankful uh, to have uh, such men like Jonas and Simon to uh, help us navigate it. But I want to talk a little bit about Tucker Carlson's most recent interview with Marjorie Taylor Greene. Uh, before we do, uh, I'm going to play a four-minute clip here uh, that I think you'll want to hear and listen atten attentively to every word. Now let me see how I can turn the uh, sound up on this computer. Okay, there we go. Here we go. Let's rewind this again. Let's start over. Here's Tucker and Marjorie Taylor Greene. Please play. Minneapolis, who was convicted of murdering George Floyd. Now we know he didn't murder George mm -hmm. Floyd. Medical examiner said there's no evidence that George Floyd was strangled. He died of a fentanyl overdose, mm -hmm. not of a drug OD. Yep. But Derek Chauvin is in prison. He was just stabbed in prison. Spend the rest of his life probably in prison. Mm -hmm. um, that's a an atro moral atrocity. Mm -hmm. Now that we know the truth, why is no one in Congress stepping up for this man? Well, you know, it's very unpopular to talk about it. So why? obviously, Tucker, I'm going to talk about well, it. Good. Yeah, I think I, I do believe this is one of the biggest injustices happening in our country today. I believe it's an attack on him because he's white and he's male. Obviously. I believe that it's political and they have to crucify him because he was a police officer. He had a great record. He did nothing wrong. And he is white and male and Christian. So they have to make an example of him because that is the type of person in America and arguably the entire world, they want to kill. They want to destroy that identity. And it's the most dangerous thing happening, and our children are suffering for it. The younger generations of white men who are good, who, who would want to be in the military, who want to be a police officer when they grow up, want to be a fireman, want to be these ideal male, masculine things when they grow up, are being taught a lesson by look at what happens to Derek Chauvin. And he, they are probably going to kill him in jail when actually the right thing to do is to release him out of jail because he never did anything wrong in the first place. But how do you, what I don't understand is now that it's not a close call because in a court filing, we discover that the medical examiner who did the autopsy mm -hmm. said, the medical examiner, not a cable news pundit, this guy was not strangled. He did not die of asphyxiation. He died of a drug OD. Drug overdose. So we know the facts. Right, a we didn't know before. We pretended we didn't know. Like, so how can every pro-cop Republican in the Congress not stand up on this guy's behalf? Why is it controversial? Over 300 Americans die every single day from fentanyl poisoning. That's yeah. what George Floyd, he's one of those deaths. Yes, yeah, sad. But yet, a political movement that was well-funded and supported by the entire Democrat Party, so much so that BLM's link, funding link, was on Act Blue, the Democrat Party's website, official website. It was propped up by the entire 
powerful media industry in America. And then every, every Democrat donor all over the country donated to BLM and supported the Democrats for supporting BLM. And then they sacrificed a white male police officer. It had to be done because that's what their movement wants. That is exactly what they want. Look at what's happening today over in Sudan. There are thousands of people being slaughtered, millions of people maybe. We don't even know the numbers being slaughtered by Muslims. If Black Lives Matters, why isn't that group in the entire Democrat Party raging over supporting black lives over in this foreign country? Because they love foreign war, don't they? I mean, it doesn't make sense. But yet in America, they obviously don't care at all about some other country in Africa where people are being killed because they don't care about black lives. It's not about black lives. It's not about any foreign war. It's only about certain foreign wars. And it's about certain movements that allows them to move the political needle and brainwash the masses to believe what they need them to believe. They sacrificed Derek Chauvin because he's white and he's male and they want to kill off a whole generation of white men. They don't, they don't want them to be police officers. They don't want them to join the military. They don't want them to be strong figures in their family or husbands or fathers. Well, they, they say all that, so that's not, you're not guessing. We need more diversity in our police. We need fewer white men in our police department. That's what they're saying. Mm -hmm. So um, your assessment is not crackpot. It's taking their words and repeating them. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you something. That was powerful. That is a sitting member of Congress, Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, being interviewed by and in conversation with the most popular by a long mile uh, television pundit, Tucker Carlson. Now, of course, he has been removed from Fox News, but he has a massive audience now online. Melania wants him to be Trump's running mate. But let me tell you something. When you hear that, and you would have never heard that five years ago. You would have never heard it 10 years ago. And, and 19 years ago, when we first went on the air in October of 2004, I mean, we were the only people with any sort of microphone saying this. That is a sitting member of Congress and the most popular political newsman uh, of our time. Having that conversation, you know who did that, folks? You did. You pat yourself on the back. It is from you and the support you have given to programs like this who have always been butchered by the press, but even as we have taken beating after beating after beating for 19 years, we never relented, we have never apologized, we have normalized conversations like this, and not just TPC. God knows not just TPC. There's a lot of organizations out there that are doing good work, producing good fruit, we're working in cooperation with all of them, fantastic, well, the people we feature on this show every week, we're year after year. They're all doing this. They're all a part of this. You're a part of this. But something has changed, Keith, because you would have never heard a member of Congress speak that truth. Very recently, you would have not even found that. And now, that would have been right at home here. It is the truth, and it is unabashed. And I know, yes, Marjorie Taylor Greene does stuff like this, and then she backpedals a little bit, and then she does it again. Maybe Tucker does too, but whatever. It, the Overton window is shifting in our direction. That is something. That is remarkable. And that just happened on November the 30th. That is a, a an interview that happened less than two weeks ago. And let me just distill it as to how why that is different, why that is a shift of the Overton window. This is not somebody saying that Black Lives Matter is a pro-black movement. Marjorie Green cut through the cant and said that it's basically an anti-white movement and that it's anti-white animus that is driving the narrative of the left and the Democratic Party. 
and she said it without any apology, without any misdirection or anything. And you're right. Years ago, it was just people like us and David Duke that were saying this. Now, a lot of other people have picked up. I think that the Trump revolution had a lot to do with it, but there are all sorts of taboo topics that are no longer taboo. And, and by the way, they went for an hour, and it was all that strong. I mean, the whole thing was like that. I mean, we can't play the whole thing here. Strong as Garrett's that, that, that's Snuff, just as we say down here in the South. That's just four, a four-minute clip. But the entire interview went like that. Well, people have now decided. They, they now not Look, white people are under attack. We are not just uh, – they're not just trying to take us down a peg. They are trying to make us the lowest of the low, the bottom of the totem pole. And they intend to kill us. That's what Marjorie Taylor Greene said, a member of Congress. This is not something that, uh, you know, uh, some so-called whack job on the uh, Internet or something is saying. This is what elected officials in America's Congress are saying. And they're saying it more often. And basically, you're also seeing, for the first time in memory, Black, I mean, Jewish people and Jewish interests backpedaling. They are being confronted with pro-Palestinian uh, uh, viewpoints and protests and uh, such as that. And that is not something they're used to. That is something totally new. All of this stuff is new. Things are moving in our direction. People are having the scales fall from their eyes, and they realize basically what is happening for example what's happening in israel is that the israelis the jews want to eliminate all of the non-jewish palestinians from their midst in that nation they would prefer them to move out but if they won't move out they're willing to kill them that's what's going on there and what's happening with the white people in america and elsewhere as derek chauvin shows they basically are showing people now that it doesn't. We don't have a legal system that can protect a white person in a lot of uh, venues and jurisdictions in America today. I would say this, Keith. We're going to get back into the Middle East in the next hour. What's happening? What good that is occurring is happening in fits and starts. It's happening convulsively uh, because there is so much to be embarrassed about with regards to what's coming out of the Republicans. As much as they try to put a lid on it, the more it seeps out. Well, it does, and uh, there is a lot that the House GOP is doing. In fact, the vast majority of it in the last couple of months that is just entirely unserious and embarrassing. But at the same time, you are seeing breakthroughs like this. And not just, hey, we can count them on our hands. This is happening regularly now. And on social media, which is, by the way, what is social media? <clears throat> it's the real world. It's the unfiltered media. And you could say that we're arguably winning uh, the narrative the, 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 the the battle and there. The and uh, the uh, social media has basically broken the lock that the mainstream uh, establishment had on news and information. Now, uh, Tucker Carlson has absolutely been on fire. Uh, the, this interview with Marjorie Taylor Greene, if you like that four-minute clip, watch the whole thing. Uh, but he has also interviewed in recent weeks, uh, recent days even, uh, Representative Thomas Massey, who we'll be talking a lot more about in the next hour. Thomas Massey out of Kentucky. There must be something in the water in Kentucky because you can tend to get firebrands from there. And Massey 
was the one no vote to this un, uh, uh, abashed, uh, unstinting support of Israel in the con, uh, particular, uh, you know, conflagration that's going on over there trying to basically run all of the uh, uh, Muslims out of Gaza. Uh, he was the one, but he had one vote against it and one vote abstaining. Even the member of the uh, squad, I've, uh, Taliba, whatever her name was, <laughs> she didn't even vote against it. She wasn't as strong as Thomas Massey. Yeah, Massie. they just did present. Well, Thomas Massey is a guy who has broken onto the scene in a major way. We'll be talking a little bit more about him in the next hour and what's been going on in Congress, the good, the bad, and the ugly, in the next hour. Stay tuned for that. Just you, our beloved listening audience, and yours truly, and Keith Alexander in the third hour. We're going to be talking about all of that. We'll let you know a little bit more about Thomas Massey and some of the courageous, heroic stands he's taken and, over the course well, of the last two not, months. They're not just courageous and heroic. They're intelligent. They are the, the truth. That's right. And he hasn't backed back down. He has been called to the carpet. He has not backed down. You compare that to the, the embarrassing cuckold Mike Johnson, who's the Speaker of the House. God, don't ever let a man be born like that. Yeah, but, this, is, this is Russell Moore's idea of the ideal of <laughs> uh, Southern Baptist. We're going to be talking about uh, Russell Moore and why Christian nationalism was trending on Twitter in the next segment. But I, I, would, I would add this. In addition to, you just heard the clip, uh, the interview with Marjorie Taylor Greene that uh, uh, Tucker Carlson recently uh, put forth and you know he's just doing it all on twitter now you know we're still on am radio he's on twitter he's got a you know bigger audience than we do but but nevertheless i mean we're all doing what we can with what we've got are we not uh he also interviewed thomas massey more on that in the next hour but he interviewed alex jones now i saw that too why would you look alex jones says some things i agree with i mean he's a a showman well, he uh, pointed I, I, out that uh, Alex Jones actually predicted a month or he, so beforehand the 9-11 uh, right. attack I'll, I'll, on yeah, the he's, he's right about some things. I'm not saying that he's not. He, Alex Jones is right about some things. But he comes across as a total buffoon, uh, if not an insincere Prim Primarily because he won't mention the J issue. Well, not only does he not mention it, he said the biggest problem America is facing you're looking at me quizzically because you don't know what I'm about to say. So I'm going to get an honest reaction from Keith here. I'm staring Keith in the eye right now here in the studio. I wish everyone could see his face when I tell him what Alex Jones says, that one of the biggest problems America is facing is the Chinese control of our media. <laughs> yeah, I guess that. And the Eskimo control of the media, too. Well, no, but right I mean, we, sometimes we say it as like the Canadians control the media. You know, it's a joke. He says... The Chinese control Hollywood. Yeah, the thing is... He I don't is, even think there's any Chinese actors, much less heads of film studios. The guy is scared to death to mention the J-word, okay? And that yeah, but mean, it, that it, means not that mentioning it would be a, a step up than lying about it and acting and pretending that... I mean, yeah, maybe the Chinese aren't our friends. I mean, they're certainly not our enemies to well, the extent... he's not alone in being afraid to do that, but what but the we Chinese need to do is Hollywood? reward people that actually come out and say it, Okay. Basically, what has happened with the American Congress and what has happened in the U.N. regarding Gaza right now shows you that the entire American establishment, media, government, uh, educational, whatnot, are all sold out lock, stock, and barrel to Jewish power and influence. They control our country. They own our country. And basically... The rest of the world is looking on with their mouths gaping open, saying, we never realized America was 
that bad that basically an independent thought is forbidden in the so-called land of the free and home of the brave. All right. So anyway, I mean, why at this point, when there is so much awakening, when there is so much awareness, continue on with this farce that with the Chinese control our media in Hollywood? I mean, what are you talking about? How do you even no, no, how do you even try to back that up? I mean, what is it? You know, just That's you know, weird. any anybody except the real culprits will do. Okay, and. That's why Alex Jones comes across as such a buffoon, okay? He will not say the truth, unlike Thomas Massey, unlike Marjorie Taylor Greene. You know, and he had David Duke on his show famously a few years back and you know, just ran as fast as he could from it because, you know, David is going to just David, call a spade David, a devil. Yeah, David's going to call a spade a dirty shovel. And then he did the thing with Kanye West and Nick Fuentes, and that was just really weird. He let Kanye come in there wearing a mask and – uh, I mean, I that was an entertaining thing. Don't get me wrong, but he does these things. And there then, are people out there that and believe he, that Alex Jones is the gospel truth. I don't know. Everything. I really don't know how he got the audience that he's got. I, I just don't. I just don't and know because that. people are hungry for it. But basically, they're not ready for the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Uh, I, I guess. I mean, they they want something alternative. They want a, a, you know, an alternative. But they don't want something that will hurt them financially. And basically, if you want to hurt yourself financially in America today, call out the Jews. All right. Well, why was Christian nationalism trending? You know, good news here from Marjorie Taylor Greene. Now let's move to another topic. I, I, I saw, you know, I'm banned from Twitter, yeah. but I can still see what's trending on there. And Christian nationalism was trending. And I thought, well, you know, what's going on here this time? We'll tell you when we come back. Exposing corruption. Informing citizens. Pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Skip Kelly. Israel's airstrikes and ground assault against Hamas have intensified since the U.S. vetoed a U.N. call for a ceasefire in Gaza. Heavy fighting is reported in southern Gaza again today, where Israeli forces are ordering Palestinians to evacuate a district. Meanwhile, pro-Palestinian activists and supporters took part in a huge march and rally in London today. Many carried signs calling for an immediate ceasefire and an end to the war in Gaza. So what does President Biden think of his son's indictment? The White House doesn't have much to say on Hunter Biden facing nine criminal charges in a federal tax case. Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre says the president... He loves his son and supports him as he continues to rebuild his life. I'm going to be really careful and not comment on this and refer you to Department of Justice. Prosecutors allege the president's son led a lavish lifestyle while neglecting to pay a minimum of $1.4 million in federal taxes from 2016 to 19. The indictment contends he expended funds on drugs, escorts, opulent properties, and exotic cars. If convicted, the charges carry a maximum penalty of 17 years in prison. I'm John Schaefer. Kevin McCarthy announced his endorsement for former President Trump in the 2024 presidential race and expressed willingness to serve in Trump's cabinet. The California Republican made these statements during an upcoming interview on CBS Sunday morning. McCarthy's endorsement comes after he recently revealed his decision to step down from his congressional seat at the end of the year following his removal from the position of House Speaker in October. A significant winter storm is expected to continue pounding the eastern half of the United States this weekend. Meteorologists are watching it gain substantial strength through Saturday. 
The storm is poised to bring severe thunderstorms, heavy rain, strong winds, and potential snowfall spanning from the Gulf Coast to the Canadian border. The U.S. economy added 199,000 jobs in November, this as hiring slowed from earlier this year. The unemployment rate fell to 3.7%. This is USA News. I've got a unique vacation idea for you that's right here in the United States. If you're ready for a vacation that's fun and downright affordable, listen up. It's driving distance for many of you, so no planes, no airline delays, no hassles. It's Branson, Missouri, the entertainment capital of the Midwest. Live music for everyone. Branson has three beautiful, enormous lakes, water attractions, live shows, great food, and tons of entertainment. It's a perfect vacation for you and your family, or if you're retired and you want to have a great time. And you can stay in Branson for as low as $99 a night. Please understand, this is not a timeshare offer. It's a real vacation for as little as $99 a night. We've got a free vacation guide we want to send you right now. All you have to do is call for complete details. Get your free Branson, Missouri guide right now by calling this number. 800-399-4215 800-399-4215 That's 800-399-4215 Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light. From now on, our troubles will be out of sight. Have yourself a merry little Christmas Make the Yuletide gay From now on our troubles will be miles away Ladies and gentlemen, do indeed enjoy this special and spiritual season of Christmas. This is such a wonderful time for men of the West, for Christians, and enjoy it. Next year is going to be really... Will, will, that, will the Grinch steal Christmas next year? Very possible. Really tumultuous, and uh, we will deal with that as it comes, and we will deal with that as white men. Uh, but before we get there, it's okay. It's okay. We'll put down our swords uh, for a couple of days on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Let's enjoy this time together and remember what we're fighting for and who we're fighting for and what we're fighting to preserve. And, uh, well, at Christmas time, it all comes into uh, Well, actually, sharp. Christmas is a season, James. It's, it's all the way to January. Indeed. Well, we've been celebrating it since uh, November. We're anyway. celebrating it a lot longer than 12 days, that's for sure. Well, uh, anyway... Christian nationalism was trending on Twitter a couple of days ago. Checked it out. One of the reasons is there's a new movie coming out called God and Country. Now, this is directed and produced by Rob Reiner, an atheist. A very dubious source. Atheist, a Jewish guy. Some of his movies are okay. He's actually an actor, too. He puts himself into a lot of the Remember, movies he that he's directed. he was guy who played Meathead on All in the Family. Well, he puts himself into some of the movies that he directs. And uh, you know, some of them are okay. Listen, I can the like son some. son of Carl Reiner. Any event. He got a new movie out. And when atheist Jews are 
taking to account Christians on what's wrong with Christianity, that's always something that I love. I love learning what is wrong about my faith from people who have no association with it. Of course, the great spokesman for Southern Baptists is now, lo and behold, Russell Moore. And he's in the movie. He's in the movie. Uh, We'll we'll play the trailer. It's a two-minute trailer. But uh, yes, indeed. So basically, in order to be a real Christian, you need to be a progressive liberal. You and anybody to be, you need to be what the Jews want you to be, and Rob Reiner is a Jew. So you need to be it. a progressive liberal, and or as Russell Moore said, who has taken his, you know, pieces of silver. You can't. He said you can't even be a Christian and vote for Trump. I guess presumably by that statement, it means only only real Christians. Real Christians voted for Hillary Clinton, uh, and and those people are but fine. On the other hand, uh, if you're a real Christian, you take your marching orders from Rob Reiner. Or from Satan, uh, which is seems to be what's going on with uh, a lot of these uh, churches, and a lot of these certainly the media ordained spokesmen for these denominations like Russell Moore. Well, anyway, let's take a listen to this trailer. God and country coming soon to a theater near you. You want to be a good Christian? You need sure to, to be avoid it. <laughs> a left wing liberal atheist. Here we go. America and Christianity are like baseball and apple pie, and we celebrate them together. I was 16, 17 years old when I became a Christian. I'm an evangelical minister. I've been a Christian my whole life. I'm a Christian nationalist. I have nothing to be ashamed of because that's what most Americans are. Is Christian nationalism Christian? Um, no, it isn't. We should be blazing forth as a countercultural example, and instead, we're leading the charge of malice and division. Christian nationalism uses Christianity as a means to an end, that end being some form of authoritarianism. Being a Christian is about the values of inclusion. Christian nationalism is certainly not based on the values of the gospel. God wants America to be saved. They're told over and over and over again that you're in danger. You need to fight if you don't want to lose your country. We are in a civil war between good and evil. This is not a movement about Christian values. This is about Christian power. What happens to the people who don't believe this stuff? We are on the precipice. God is on our side. We're taking our nation back. The thing that keeps me up at night is that we lose democracy. Does that seem possible? Yes. Christianity at its best is committed to love and truth and justice. If we do this right, what a country we will be. Well, there it is. Take take it from the Jays. Well, there it is, folks. And when uh, you couldn't see, I encourage you to go to YouTube, type in uh, Rob Reiner, God or Country, or God and Country, and watch the trailer. When it said Christianity is at its best, it had um, a little clip of Martin Luther King leading the, the, yeah, the yeah, Selma that, that great March. Christ, yeah, that great Christian, uh, the uh, Christian heretic, the uh, uh, plagiarist, and the uh, uh, physical and sexual abuser of women. Well, uh, featured heavily in this film, and certainly in this trailer, were the cuck, Christians, and who knows if they really even are Christians. It's hard to believe, judging by their fruit, only God knows. Uh, but David French and Russell Moore, basically, again, well, you heard it. I mean, what did we hear? What is, 
Jewish Hollywood, Jewish Rob Reiner, telling Christians what it is to be a Christian. It is all about love, diversity, inclusion. It's not about, you know, actually trying to protect Christianity. Uh, what is it? What they're doing is basically you have to get the stamp of approval from Jewish power and influence in order to be a good Christian. If you want to know what people are supposed to do when they have multicultural problems, look at what the Israelis are doing to the Palestinians right now. And why they say Christian nationalism isn't Christian at all. Why can't you be a Christian and want a Christian nation? What is a Christian nationalist except for a Christian Just that like, wants why, a why, nation why, why, that, is, that is Christ-centered? I mean, that is the... That is exactly and exactly what the Jews are doing over there now. They're trying to expel everybody that is not Jewish from Israel. They don't seem to care about surrounding lands. I might add. Right? Yeah, they'd like to go from the uh, sea to the river or whatever, as they say. Well, anyway, so again, one of the things that I always just really get a kick out of is when Hollywood and people who are certainly not even not Christians, but very much anti-Christian, tell Christians how Christians should behave and how they should vote and how they should act. And wouldn't you know, it uh, always just sort of falls in line with uh, their narrative and their ideology, exactly. which is entirely opposed uh, to traditional Christianity. No, they, they, they consider um, Christ to be um, an enemy, okay? You know, at least the Muslims respect him as a prophet. The Jews see him as the the lowest of the low, as a of uh, an anti uh, an anti God person. Okay, a bad person, a heretic. That's that's the least you could say about what they feel about Jesus. And then to have them have the nerve to come in here and saying, "Let us define to you what true Christianity is," is you know, it, it's absurd. It is, and it's infuriating, it's nauseating. You see this stuff, hopefully it'll bomb, but of course they've got the money to lay egg after egg after egg so long as it does penetrate. Uh, in, well, in they do it, but you know, I've, Disney has made one stinker, one bomb after another, trying to promote liberalism and wokeism to American Well, they children. keep raising the theme park prices to subsidize the hundreds of millions losing with these woke movies well, like the, like the marvel movie the superhero movie with a with a, a league of nations a, a united nations all female superhero cast a black a brown an orange a red a white yeah the, the uh, rainbow lesbian. coalition but see what they will not do is admit that they are wrong you know this is a company disney is a company it's a publicly traded company Members of the public own stock. When you, the management of a public company continues to do something that loses money, that is begging for a what they call a shareholder's derivative suit, lawsuit, to be brought to remove the leadership of Disney because they are running Disney into the ground. They're running them straight into bankruptcy. Uh, yes, and it's tough to stand up and speak out if you have business interests. Thankfully, uh, we've never had any. Uh, we've never, <laughs> yeah, right. I, I had my we never had enough money to buy stock. My, ever. <laughs> <laughs> my campaign manager, uh, I was questioning a, a, a decision uh, on how to allocate uh, what limited resources we had when I was running for the Tennessee State House back in 2002. 
And uh, we were we were debating this thing, and we actually, you know, again, we had a campaign headquarters. We were running to win, and we, you know, we got a significant percentage of the votes in a losing effort, especially as an independent. But I would say, you know, I don't know if we should do this. We got these guys coming in, and I think we should move them over here and campaign and canvas in this neighborhood. And he said, James, when you got nothing, you got nothing to lose. <laughs> I said, well, uh, you got me there. <laughs> but we'll be right back. Disney, unfortunately, has a lot to lose, yeah, and they're right. losing it hand over fist. We'll be right back, uh, but not soon enough. Walt Disney spinning in his grave. Absolutely. Walt Disney really had a lot of sentiments that uh, yeah, were right. right yeah, right. He was not a big friend of the uh, kosher uh, cabal. <laughs> not at all. And that's been well discussed on this program. We'll be right back. Antelope Hill Publishing is America's leading publisher of dissident books, bringing you a wide variety of new translations and original works on every subject from the Spanish Civil War to the funding behind the transgender movement. Antelope Hill publishes books that mainstream publishers won't touch, full of information that challenges the political status quo and brings real culture to the reading public at an affordable price. If you count yourself as a political dissident, then you owe it to yourself to check out the Antelope Hill catalog with exclusive offerings like Rebel Mountain by Kurt Eggers, a brand new reprint of the infamous You Gentiles by Marie Samuel, and now the treatise of a January 6th prisoner in the American regime, there is something there for everyone, and new titles are added every month. Check out the complete catalog today at antelopehillpublishing.com. That's antelopehillpublishing.com. I'm James Edwards, and I want you to check out antelopehillpublishing.com. Matthew 24, 24 teaches us that the church is deceived today. Deceived Christians call themselves Judeo-Christians. Around 1900, Jews commissioned the Schofield Reference Bible, which transformed the Jews from Christian killers to the chosen people. Here's the truth. America is in the Bible. Revelation 21, our form of government came down from heaven. Verse 3, the many Christian ministers at the Constitutional Convention sought God's will. The God-given rights in the Constitution were ordained by God. America is the new promised land for Christian Israel, and Christians are the true chosen people. True Israel is Christian. Listen to Jesus, quote, my sheep follow me, unquote, and, quote, you do not believe because you are not my sheep, unquote. John 10, 25 through 27, the beast has transformed America into the woman mystery Babylon, Revelation chapter 17. For the complete Bible study, write to Christian Knuckles, P.O. Box 210813, Royal Palm Beach, Florida, 33421. On the twelfth day of Christmas, my true love sent to me twelve drummers drumming, eleven pipers piping, ten lords a leaping, nine ladies dancing, eight maids a melting, seven swans a swimming, six geese a laying, five gold. Five golden rings, four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree, and a partridge in a pear tree. Well, that guy got a lot for Christmas. What would you do with uh, <laughs> three French hens, Keith? Or uh, eight maids milking. <laughs> <laughs> Eleven Piper's piping. I used to have all that memorized. I doubt that I could uh, recite every one of them, though, that now. You wanted something. What would you do with Eight Maids Milking? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, we don't want all of that for Christmas. What we lactose intolerant, <laughs> by the way. What we do want is to be able to continue to serve you into the coming year. So you can keep all of the stuff that guy got for Christmas 
and just keep us in your Christmas list. Yes, put TPC on your Christmas list. We need your support to stay on the air. And uh, our fourth quarter Christmas fundraising drive is now well underway here on the ninth day of December. The post office could not have moved any slower. I I really mean it. We sent some uh, we sent these letters out over the course of the last two weeks. Uh, one the first uh, one batch the first Monday after uh, Thanksgiving, and then another on uh, Monday of this week to get everybody who's an established donor, their fourth quarter fundraising uh, letter, their update, and uh, all of the details about the incentive gifts. And people, I, a lot of people texted me, emailing just yesterday, saying they got two weeks, take two weeks to deliver a letter now or whatever's going on. Hopefully you have received it well, by Welcome now. to Multicultural America and the Multicultural Mail system. And of course, system. we are dependent on the USPS because we have been banished by every... Uh, online credit card processor in the universe so we are relying on the uh, pony mail. express yeah so but if you have received it by now and by now i think most of you have uh, please take a moment to read it check your mailbox it may be in there now uh this is something though um clearly again and we talked about this the last two weeks going back to two weeks ago when harry cooper was on to kick off the christmas season here on tpc this thing and supplies are limited because all of these Luftwaffe pilots are, are dead now. And thank God that Harry Cooper, who had the connections with all of these people, who knew them personally, acted when he did, had the foresight years ago to have them write these chapters that he has compiled into this book and then sign all of these uh, photo cards. Uh, for posterity if it not had not been for harry cooper these stories the real history would be lost to antiquity and of course you would never have the opportunity to get your hands on a uh four by five photo hand signed not a reprint not an imprint not an original a signature that has been photocopied on but each one of these and i i've looked through all of them and they all have tiny differences in them because they're all being hand signed of course and you're going to get a hand-signed photo from a Luftwaffe pilot. I mean, you cannot get that anywhere else. And if you are a military historian, someone who enjoys world military history, you want to keep TPC on the air, uh, boy, do we have a deal for you. $100 or more. You're going to get this book. Which you know, I, it's so I rare hold, to I'm, find something like this that is really, really uh, straight from the horse's mouth. It, the people that actually fought in that war. We got them all in the mail. Uh, a few days ago, and I'm holding uh, one copy in my hand right now. The photos alone are, are, are worth purchasing the book, but all of this, it's first-hand memories from the men who were there. And I'm not talking, Keith, about people who got into a cockpit and you know, February of 1945 and, and, and did a couple of runs. I mean, that would have like LBJ. <laughs> I mean, look, that would have been, that would have been well enough, but I'm talking about, I'm holding now a stack of, of, of cards of hand signed photos that we want to send out to people. Uh, this is, uh, Gerhard Krems. He was a bomber pilot. He flew the Hinkle, the HE, uh, 111 bomber, Hinkle, uh, 111 bomber in uh, some extreme weather and combat conditions, he succeeded to make more than 100 bombing runs. You know, they did this in World War I. I, I. Look at that. Look at that. That is a hand-signed photo from this guy, 100 bombing runs for the Luftwaffe in World War II. Well, see, this is exactly what they did in World War I with the Red Baron, Baron von Richthofen. He, uh, 
they were had postcards like that that they sold to people. Some guy got 50 of them, came up to him and asked him to sign them, which he did. And he found out that uh, later the guy was walking down the street selling his handwritten <laughs> uh, copies for three times what he, he had paid for them. And he, uh, see, so this is an old German tradition going back uh, to at least World War well, I. This, and this is, these are the real This, is, the this re- is what they produced. Back during World War II, I, I examined all of these with the with the U-boat uh, sailors that we offered last Christmas and these Luftwaffe guys this year. Every signature, I mean, obviously you're signing your name. You sign your name over and over and over. It's going to look similar, but there are you know tiny differences. You can tell each of these was hand signed, and of course we know they were hand signed because Harry Cooper told us they were. But uh, he got to know these people personally. He won their trust, and now. Uh, we have he the opportunity to offer them to you. Uh, we're also we've got uh, Herman Buchner, who was a combat fighter pilot. Uh, we have his signed card here now. Uh, many of them in stock. Buchner was with the Strike Training Group uh, in 1942. That was posted, uh, and he served with Strike Group 2, the Immelman, and saw service uh, in the air. This is the important part. Uh, in the air over Crimea, Stalingrad, and Romania. Can you imagine that fighting on that My front? My gosh, man, on the Russian front, as I said. And here is Baron Georg von Zerk. He was a bombardier. He was a teenager living in Poland when the war broke out, and he remembers it from the very first day. He joined the Luftwaffe and served as a navigator and a bombardier until the last bitter moments of the war in Soviet captivity he joined before really the war even started and made it all the way to the end he was captured as a prisoner and he writes um a couple of the chapters in this book and he writes the opening chapter and these chapters uh you know he writes about you know why did they go into poland this is the thing they went into poland because they wanted to you know kill six million jews and they were just crazy and he wanted to dominate the world and liquidate christianity well, that, that's, and all that's this the stuff. standard story of course the reason they really went there is that the poles were persecuting there the germans that lived there there you go and he writes about this he writes about this in the book uh this uh, baron georg von zirk and you have the opportunity not only to read his words if you support TPC, but have a hand-signed photo card from this man who is now surely in heaven. But some of these stories are humorous. Uh, they'll make you laugh. Some of them are just incredible uh, first-hand accountings of the technical uh, specifics about these planes and the weapons that they carried. And some of them are absolutely gut-wrenching. Harry shared with you a couple of weeks ago when he was last on harry cooper of shark hunters uh that one of the chapters written in this book is written by a luftwaffe pilot who as he was flying he could see both fronts the east and the west and they were separated by about a hundred miles and in that hundred miles stretch of land which was all that was left of germany he could see the fires burning on the eastern front and the western front, 100 miles apart, and that tiny little sliver of land 100 miles across, you still had the Germans fighting for what was left of their homeland, even as it was hopeless, even as uh, they were in sure defeat, they still fought. That story is told in this book. It'll give you chills, folks. This is the real history without propaganda. That is the role of shark hunters, to bring former enemies together as friends without propaganda. Get the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth about what happened in World War II in Europe told.
hundred dollars or more to TPC before the end of the month, before December thirty first, you'll get the book. Uh, two hundred dollars or more, you'll get the book and the hand signed card. Now you say, wait, hang on a minute, wait, slow down, James. Last year when we did the U boat uh, promotion, a hundred dollars got me the book and the card. Well. Shark Hunters does focus on the U-boats. They had more of those to give. We don't have as many. There wasn't as many uh, Luftwaffe-signed cards. Uh, so uh, in order to make sure we could meet the demand, we had to raise the price a little bit on those. I mean, these are stuff. You can't get any more of these. All of these guys are gone. Yeah, that's, if you get a new one, it's a fraud. That's right. And so, again, they were the Golden Knights of the skies in World War II. They slipped the chains of gravity. I'm reading from the back cover now with the book that I hold in my hand that could be in your mailbox. We're going to send this out to somebody on Monday. Uh, they slipped the chains of gravity to soar high above the earth on silvery rings. Uh, some returned in glory. Many did not return at all. Uh, these are the memories of the people who were there, the pilots who sat in these cockpits, some will bring a tear to your eye. Some will make you collapse with laughter. So strap on your parachute and your helmet, climb into your favorite warbird, and fly along on this trip back into military aviation history and memories. Folks, this is something that we're very proud to offer. Thanks to Harry Cooper, our friend, for making it available to us to give to you in order to bring in the funds to keep TPC on the air. I would say this, too. Uh, these will ship right away. We have them all in stock. Uh, we went to work back in early November to get these in hand. We're going to send out a lot of these on Monday. If you could support TPC as quickly as possible, we get your check in the mail. I wish we could do it more instantaneously, but again, we're banned from online credit card processing. This is something you cannot get anywhere else. As soon as the check hits the, our mailbox, we'll put this uh, into the USPS the very next day. So that's Amazon-type turnaround. So we'll get as many of these into your hands before Christmas as possible. And uh, so unlike last month's gift incentive where we're giving you a recurring subscription to American Free Press that's coming from them. We're going back to what we normally do. We're shipping these direct from TPC straight from us to you uh, as instantaneously as we can. And I want to say this. Got an email from a listener in Texas who uh, has donated, and uh, people donate sometimes so they can give their gift to somebody else who might want it but could otherwise might not be able to afford it right now with inflation what it is we had a lot of that over the course of this year people donate to tbc and say listen a you truly keep it, unique christmas present keep it and give to somebody else who wants it uh, who, who wants it or who needs it more things like that this is who a gift that no one else can provide and sometimes they buy it and then they'll buy a second one and say give this one to somebody you know i already have a subscription to american free press I'm going to pay anyway. Give it to somebody else. Folks, that's the kind of audience that we've got. The best people in the world are tuned into this show tonight. Next to year, next year, our 20th year, it's going to be one for the books, and we want to be here uh, to share it with you and to endure it together. But we need your help. We've got to stay on the air. It's hand-to-mouth every quarter. No bequests, no foundational grants to prop us up. We need your support every quarter. We need it now. Uh, please help us, and we're going to get these things in the mail to you. Uh, these are real treasures. Now, when we come back, when we come back, uh, we're going to be talking about what's going on in Congress. Don't miss it. Stay tuned. 